Become spellweavers, reavers, rogues, and men-at-arms, and answer the call of adventure. Pick up your sword, your axe, your spellbook, your bow, your rulebook, and your dice, and join the forces of good in their eternal fight against vile monsters, conspiring min-maxers, horny bards, and blood-soaked murder hobos. Discover the treasure trove of role-playing games here on Rollin' Bones. My name is Ryan Howard, and I shall be your guide. Good evening, Boneheads, and welcome to Rollin' Bones with Ryan Howard, your RPG treasure trove. I'm your host and king of the Boneheads, Ryan Howard, and thank you all for joining us this evening. We are Valor Studios. If you are just joining us for the first time, we are a tabletop role-playing content company, and we love sharing our stories with the world. For those of you watching us here on Twitch, please give us a follow, and if you'd like to support us further, uh, definitely hit that subscribe button down there below. And if you are watching this on YouTube, make sure to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications so that you know when a new Rollin' Bones or a new uh, Axion or a new Tales of Valor is dropping here on Valor Studios. And, uh, you know, you'll have all the notifications you could ever want for all of the great content that we've got coming up. Throughout the show, you'll find links to the Discord, to our Twitter, and, uh, you know, Twitch and YouTube over in chat. We'll have those pop up every now and then. And we want to thank those of you who are listening to this on audio. I love that you guys have stuck with that medium since the very beginning, and I'm so glad to continue having you guys support the show in that way. So, tonight we are talking about Axion. We've got a big chunk of the cast on here tonight, including uh, the GM for Axion, the amazing and talented Cheyenne Wright. We also have Megan Caves. Uh, we have Cairo Shea and... For the first time on Rollin' Bones, we have my producer Gregory. He'll be on the other side of the camera tonight. But before we get into that, uh, we wanted to show you guys one more time the trailer for Axion, the next actual play RPG show here at Valor Studios. For those of you listening on audio, you'll find a link to it in the description. So let's take it away with that trailer. So guys, that was the trailer for Axion. Uh, like I said, this will be coming up real soon here uh, at twitch.tv slash Valor Studios. And like with all of our shows, you'll be able to catch the replays on our YouTube channel. Uh, I'm excited to have a conversation tonight with everyone here. Uh, like I said, there's a couple people who are on the show for the first time. And it's always great to have Cheyenne Wright back on the show. As I was telling Cheyenne uh, before we came on, uh, every time we're about to have a conversation, it seems like I uh, have just made a recipe of uh, the caramels that, that Cheyenne is famous for. Uh, they really are amazing. And, and so I, I always like to say that in addition to being an amazing artist, and amazing GM, Cheyenne Wright is also one of the galaxy's foremost chocolatiers. So <laughs> there, he's got that going for him, which is nice. And this will also be the first time having uh, Cairo Shea and uh, Megan Caves on the show. You guys have seen Megan all over the place on you know several different shows, a lot of them Savage Worlds focused. It's great to have someone who's so dedicated to 
you know, using Savage Worlds in this format. You guys know that I love Savage Worlds. I've talked a lot about DCC recently, but that love for Savage Worlds is still very much alive in my heart, and it's still a system that I find very useful, very uh, adaptable, and very entertaining on a stream. And then there's Kai Roche, and I don't know Kai very well, but he's done a lot of stuff with Valor Studios. He's been around for a long time, even before I was around, even before Deadlands of the Hellgate trilogy. And now that we have everyone here on camera, uh, I can uh, I can also introduce my producer, the the man who makes this heartbeat, as it were, uh, Gregory, aka One in Twenty D and D as you have seen him on several different platforms. So, guys, welcome to Rolling Bones. Thank you so much. Hey, Ryan. great job vamping. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be a live show without technical difficulties. Just going to put a lampshade right on it right there. <laughs> <laughs> if it had to go any further, I might have, I don't know, started singing Garth Brooks or something. I don't know. <laughs> Would that get us taken down? He's pretty litigious. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, so... Hi! Yeah, we... Hi, everybody! <laughs> Good to be back. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, with all the introductions now out of the way and, uh, and everything set up, I'm going to go ahead and begin at the beginning. We're cutting down our questions uh, just to really cut into the heart of what this Axion thing is. But for the three new people that we have on the show, uh, let's begin at the beginning. However you guys want to start, whichever order you want to go in, how did you, Gregory, Megan, and Kai, get into role-playing games? Mm. Who do you want to start with? <laughs> <laughs> roll on. It is, hey, roll some dice. <laughs> this is my hair. I, have, I have some dice right here. You better. Right here. Here's a D4. Okay. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll go Cheyenne 1, me 2, Kai oh, 3. I, I was left out of this, apparently. Was it? Oh, are you? Oh, I've been on three? the show before. Okay. Yeah, she, yeah Cheyenne has questions. told the story. If you roll a okay. 4, if you roll a 4, I pick. Okay. I got a 3. Oh, okay. There you go. I got a 3. I got a 3. So it's Kai. What's up? Uh, I started uh, all of my TCRPG stuff with uh, my twin brother. <laughs> Um, who tried to run D and D games for the lot of us? When There's we were very, two very of you. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, he tried to run these for us when we were really young, and it was so hard to like get involved or get invested. And like later on, I wanted to like return to that, uh, sort of bring it back to life. And I started as a DM myself, mm. uh, getting my friends first involved, and then getting more and more people. I think the place uh, around Washington that I'm in um, just has about 50 people now that have all learned how to play D&D from myself. And I've just been a DM for the past six years or so until I joined in with Valor and started being a player a bit. And I feel like uh, now taking on that is, uh, I feel like being a player is really hard all of a sudden. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I got, I got my start trying to uh, one-up my brother. <laughs> Yeah, there. Just to not to cut in too much, but I, I've been talking about this. I think we actually talked about this uh, with my new D and D group. When you DM for so long, there's this element of control that you're now yeah. giving up when you when you become a player. 
Because yeah. as the DM, you control a lot, and as a player, you you control you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, and there's it's crazy. and there's a lot of when I, when I when I'm in a game, uh, someone's running Savage Worlds, and I'm playing. Or, or there is a lot of me like wanting to point out uh, the way the their rules interpretations, and I go, "Wait, I will hold my tongue." I, you know, if he if they if they ask me to help, I will help. But it's better that I don't say anything right now. <laughs> but it's tough. I, I get itchy. <laughs> It All certainly right. is easy to. Right. Go ahead. Well, so I pr- possibly, I don't know. So, Cheyenne, do you recall when you started playing TTRPGs? Like, do you know about yes. how long it's been? I didn't hear yes. you said that, so I'm just making sure. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I um, my, um, my mom bought me the red box for Dungeons and Dragons, the, uh, back in the, uh, this would be back in the early early 80s right um, so yeah and i've been and then and then a friend of mine picked up top secret which was their spinoff uh, uh of the 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 same sort of system but it was using um it was all about you know james bond spy stuff and that's what really sold the thing for me because like oh okay D is kind of cool and stuff like that you can play you know, it's a lot like The Hobbit and these are these other books that I had been reading. But then I, I realized that, oh, it's not just fantasy. You can use this for anything, including like James Bond spy stuff or then the you know, Boot Hill and Gamma World, all these sort of things. And then I was just and so, you know, I've been doing it. So uh, 35 years Okay, cool. Yes, pretty much, pretty much with only like the biggest gap being like you know four years when I moved to Seattle and I just didn't know anybody. Perfect. So the main reason I asked that was because I didn't know if I had been playing it longer or I figured you and I might be around the same. So I wanted to make sure I said that as a caveat beforehand. So we've pretty much you and I have been playing about the same amount of time, but I was probably a little younger because I. I got the red box too as a gift for like, I don't know, mm-hmm. Christmas or a birthday or something like that. And it was actually my brother and I together somehow, I think. So it might've been a Christmas gift for the two of us is what I imagine. He's like a year yeah. or year and a half, a year and four months younger than me. So again, same thing, early eighties or whatever it was, we got the red box. We thought it was cool, but we really didn't know what the heck it was and just goofed around with it for a while. And so it wasn't until I was probably in like, sixth grade I think where a couple kids at the school were playing and I'm like hey what are you guys doing they're rolling dice on the table at you know at the cafeteria at lunch and I'm like what is this and uh, from there it kind of went on to uh, where I pretty much started playing TTRPGs from that point forward so I've been doing it for a long darn time and a big part of why i wanted to get started was because of the cartoon the dungeons and dragons cartoon hooked me like i thought it was so cool it's like yeah i want to go on an amusement park ride and get thrown into another world of swords and sorcery that sounds awesome so i just like from that moment forward i was like hooked and uh 
this the next game I got to try was like t- a game called Tune T O O N, which essentially yeah. is like cartoons. I, like you play a cartoon character. That was ridiculous. That one in high school, yeah, right. So that was so much fun. So yeah, middle school for me was where it started. Um, but what's funny is. I I played with some friends in uh, high school. So like, because I moved across country from between middle school and high school, I moved across country with my family. We moved across country. And so it took a little while once I got, because I moved to California. And once I got there, it was probably about half a year or so. But then I started meeting other guys that played. And to this day, the guy that was my GM as a freshman in high school still runs games for us and we play it online now because we're like spread all over the world and so thank goodness for vtt's and things like discord and whatnot and uh it's been amazing so yeah like i got started with streaming almost as soon as i found out that a virtual tabletop was even a thing so like i was moving across country again and i'm like god but i want to keep playing you know tabletop games how do i do it and i found out about roll 20 and fantasy ground and all these other cool things and so now it's it's turned into this whole thing where now i'm producing shows badly and acting in others (laughs) better (laughs) anyway that's me (laughs) that's my fun you don't produce shows badly greg you do a great job you do a great (laughs) job thank you thank you Uh, yes thank you but there's already been a bunch of um, <laughs> tech difficulties tonight so it's uh, yeah I'll get on top of it okay. <laughs> it's classic always exactly. it's a live stream uh, uh. <laughs> oh, is it me? yes, yes it, is. it is me Um, so I started playing RPGs in college and it was uh, uh, 3.5 Dungeons and Dragons so gosh I think that was what 2004 2005 ish time period um and my boyfriend at the time now husband was my first GM with a a group of just a huge I think there were like six or seven of us playing in this game together so <laughs> it was it was quite uh, an experience and i had no idea what, what what i was in for um jordan used to play these games but like before i played and i thought they were just hanging out uh in an apartment because they would play for like 10 hours a day um larping i essentially thought they were larping i had no idea what was going on <laughs> So, um, but yeah, once I, once I finally got to play, I, I really enjoyed it and, uh, just kept playing and we had some really good, we had a, one of our professors in college was a GM of mine who I learned a lot from, uh, that I still use today. Um, but yeah, and then eventually I tried Savage Worlds and I did not like it at first because I was uh, so used to playing d and I was like, yeah. well, my character died in our second game. And I was like, well, yeah, that <laughs> <was> right. <laughs> yeah, I got really angry. Yeah. And then once I learned how to play it, I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to play this because now I know it yeah. and it's fun. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So um, I've been playing for a while now, I guess. I don't know how many years, 20-ish years. I will have to say there's a minor correction with my origin story. Um, Oh. Before I got the red box, I think I may have even talked about this on this show, there was a 
an incense shop in the small town <laughs> I grew up in in um, in on, in Haleiwa on the north shore of Oahu called Space and Lace, and it sold crystals and uh, incense and uh, probably marijuana out of the back room or something like that, and a small record <laughs> section. But they had a, a wire rack in there, which had a whole bunch of uh, classic modules in the wire rack, uh, like Keep on the Borderlands and uh, um, Expedition to the, Barri- uh, to the Barrier Peaks, all that sort of stuff. And before I got my hands on the Red Box, I used to come in and just read the, the adventures. Uh, and uh, this was back in elementary school. I didn't have anybody to play with, so I didn't actually play role-playing games for a, until I got into um, L, uh, um, middle school, but because I had zero friends. Um, uh, all through elementary school. Uh, and so I just didn't have anybody to play with, but I read voraciously all the stuff that I could get my hands on. Absolutely. So a little correction there. And, and Megan, you're not the only one to have kind of a bad first encounter with Savage Worlds. My first encounter with anything related to Savage Worlds, uh, was actually the proto savage worlds deadlands classic (laughs) which i ran with way too many people i've told that story before but deadlands classic is great for for what it did and what it gave us but it's hard to go back yeah yeah i could see that i could see that now the next question that i want to ask everyone and cheyenne uh i'll even you know, give you the chance if you have come up with another idea to answer this question again. But if each of you could put anything on a T-shirt, what would it be? Um. Well, I'll I'll jump in. I okay. I would say if I could put like a a galaxy or a nebula on a T-shirt, that'd be so cool to wear <laughs> that around. I mean, I kind of almost have that here, but still, yeah. like a literal one, mm-hmm. that'd be neat. Mm-hmm. Like spaced up. <laughs> I have designed many t-shirts over the years, so I've already put hundreds of things on t-shirts. And I think I may <laughs> have said this the last time. I don't know, but my favorite shirt is one I designed, and it's just some black, some white text on a black shirt, and then it says, "Be the game master you want to see in the world." Yep, I remember that one. That's epic. And it's, you know, and it's you know, it's all about you know. A lot of people talk about how they they want to play D anD D, but they don't. They can't find a group or, or, or you know, they they lament the state of the game mastering that they, they, they interact with or what they see and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And my, the answer to all of that and what I try and do is I just try and be that game master that people need. You know, I try and, you know, find a way to make this all fun and give everyone a chance to shine. And that's what that shirt's about for me. Yeah, that's why I started jamming in a lot of ways, because I was like... I want to find the GM that I like. So maybe I'll do it for other people. Yeah. Now, uh, Kai, what about you? What would you put on a t-shirt? Perhaps I'm going back to Rivendell, the space needle in front of it. Uh, I remember (laughs) going down to so many other places and being like, I need my trees back. I'm I'm an elf. I'm an elf. I need to go back to Washington. (laughs) Gotcha. And uh, Gregory, what about you? What would you put on a t-shirt? So 
It's similarly to Cheyenne. I actually put my logo on a shirt, which was like a huge thing for me. Like, oh my gosh. So I have a couple of shirts that say one in 20 D&D. Well, actually, technically it's not just the logo because what I did is I put more more like my little sort of catchphrase. Um, I say, it's your game, play your way. Like that's how I close out my YouTube videos and stuff. So I put that on a, a T-shirt. So it was really awesome to get that accomplished. So this is a tricky question for me because, like, beyond that, I, yeah, exactly. Just you know, represent Cheyenne. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Um, <laughs> I guess beyond that, it would uh, it would be something similar to that. I'm I'm looking forward. I got to be honest, and this is probably cheesy as heck, but I'm really looking forward to getting a Valor Studios t-shirt. And Me quite too. honestly, that that no that that logo right there, that Axion, that Axion logo right there would be amazing as well. It looks incredible. So I can throw that up somewhere. Yeah, yeah I got a uh, red bubble account. Tony, I know I know you're you're monitoring this. Uh so I'm just saying Rolling Bone Skull on the front and then a Valor Studios V on the sleeve. Oh yeah. Let's do it. Hmm. Let's do it. <laughs> now, uh, this next question is going to be directed specifically at Cheyenne because you, you've been talking about this idea for, for quite a while. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty sure you were talking about something similar to Axion or me, maybe even Axion specifically while we were doing Hellgate. Yeah. So Axion has been a thing that's been in my back of my brain for like about five, ten years. Gotcha. Um, it's a it's a it's a big universe of uh, for me to play around in. Hmm. So uh, if you it, had to if you had to describe Axion to the yeah. people out there, how would you describe it? It's my love letter to Star Trek and space opera and steampunk. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. it's um, you know Star Trek mostly. Yeah, I, that that's my real inspiration in the thing. Uh, <laughs> but there's touches of all the other stuff in there. There's there's Farscape in it. There's you know, it, it owes allegiance to Star Wars and with the, the noble houses and the and the great wars and, and in the past and all that sort of thing and and um, a little bit of Battlestar Galactica and um, all, but you know, it's it's this version of space exploration as I called it. Uh, it's uh, the Gilded Age of ex space exploration. It's um, these huge sort of submarine like um ether ships in a in a vast galaxy that where you travel by ley line route from one star or uh star cluster to the next um um a very victorian view of technology and and the way uh, the universe works and clockwork uh historians and um plant people with um spore magic and uh, it's it's something that I've I've thought was it's all the stuff that I thought was cool about sci-fi and space opera, but without any of the baggage of um, pre-existing um, shows and and lore to draw off of. I get to build my own lore and you know throw things that are familiar but you know unique to maybe hopefully to. Uh, twists on it axiom gotcha and just based on the aesthetic and the the kind of you know steampunk 
uh, feel and and trappings that you have here. I have to ask, somewhere in the world of Axion, is there perhaps a moon with a uh, a spaceship sticking out of one of its eyes? <laughs> oh yeah, a little uh, a little homage to the uh, the one of the to, uh, was it the um, to the moon? Is that the name of the, the original film, the silent film? I think it was either a trip to the moon or rocket to the moon. Rocket to the moon, yeah. Well, I mean, one of the um, uh, closest thing I come to that is actually the thing that makes space uh, the aether ships work in um, in Axion is calvarite. It's a uh, which I describe as a as an alloy of a metal and crystal f- uh, alloy f- that uh, allows ships to ignore gravity when it's properly harmonically vibrated basically and calvarite takes its name from the main scientist in hg wells's um the first men on the moon and hg wells told a a a a, uh wrote a story about these guys who build a a a capsule that basically is shielded from gravity and then flies off into space and lands on the moon and uh, the name of the scientist in that is uh, uh, Dr. Calver. And uh, in my in Axion, the the thing that makes their ships work is Calverite. Yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. So, uh, so I go back to uh, I go back to H.G. Uh, Wells, who I consider to be the true father of science. Fiction. Absolutely. Although there is arguments that there is a science fiction story that goes back that dates back to the age of the, uh, the ancient Greeks. So. Absolutely. Now, uh, this time we're going to start with Gregory. uh, But I want to go around and have everyone tell a little bit about the characters that they'll be playing in this game. So like I said, Gregory, we're going to start with you and then uh, we'll we'll go from there. Wonderful. Uh, That would be my character is what's called a Hakar. And the Hakar are an alien race that are, they look like Minotaur, however, they're, they don't have fur, they're sort of, um, I don't know, we haven't decided what their skin is actually like, and they might have differing colors. So, uh, well, so we have um, just decided that they're going to look uh, incredible. He's the mechanic <laughs> of the ship. And uh, the, the the thing that I love about him is that um, he is, uh, well, his name is Zeth. I should say that. His name is Zeth. It's an X-E-T-H. And he, he's this really fascinating, um, uh, he, the, the thing I love about him the most is that he is like hyper intelligent, but He's very slow. He's very cautious. He thinks about, uh-oh, we lost someone. Megan yep. dropped. Okay, technical oh, no. difficulties. Please stand by. Here and she comes. <laughs> yeah, it's been like that, so please bear with me. I'm like, uh, I'm just like beside myself. So if I seem a little like un uh focused well it's because i'm trying to focus on the stream you're you're trying to do a couple of different things you know in him so anyway uh yeah so in these fights and jump through this hoop of fire i'm working on it (laughs) um so zeth is fun he's he's this i love okay when i role play especially when i so when i create a character let's start there when i create a character (laughs) 
<laughs> I love to. I'm not going to make it long winded. I'll be super quick. When I make a character, I when like I graduated take... elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> not that one. He made all sorts of goofy stuff. You don't even want to know about that. But I when was I born in a balmy spring day. Right? <laughs> <laughs> when I make my a character grandfather now, was in. <laughs> You guys are funny. So, yes, exactly. That's what it's like. Um, I like to take tropes or take the sort of the common uh, expected thing and turn it upside down in some small way. So I made a character who you would think is like big, burly, tough guy. He kind of talks like that, and maybe he's gruff. He he's uncouth, so he says the wrong thing at the wrong time. He's like super direct. He's already insulted Megan's character, I think, a couple times, which <laughs> is a bit embarrassing, well, but fun and easy to do. Oh, well, so he's <laughs> but but the funny thing about him is that like he's actually super intelligent. He's not the most intelligent, I found out. There are other members of our party. In fact, I think, Megan, your character has the same intelligence because she's so old, which is super cool because she is like reincarnated or whatever. I'm going to let you explain all that. But mm -hmm. So it's neat that we're sort of intellectual equals, and I hope we get to play with that in the actual mm. story. Um, but that's sort of how I designed him. It's like he's this intellectually super smart dude who can fix or make just about anything. Um, but he comes across as a total knucklehead. <laughs> so it's, it's been real fun. Like he, he's, he's not a brainiac, even though he's a brainiac. So I love doing those sort of unexpected things. Like he, yeah, that, that's how I make characters. And that's what this gentleman, Zeth, who is a Hakar, uh, mechanic is all about and he's so much fun so far in keeping with the Star Trek sort of flavor of it all I will say that this is the most brainiac of all my uh, crew I don't think I think pretty much everybody in the cast has, has built characters that are that are um, high in smarts and low in like I think strength you know, when it comes mm. out, I think uh, the, you know, there's not a whole, there aren't a whole lot of bruisers in this in the crew. It's, it's a real smart gaggle. <clears throat> That's funny. <laughs> and I'll tell you, Cheyenne, uh, ha had I been a part of this cast uh, when when I was thinking about what I would do with something like this, uh, I, I was leaning towards some kind of like Cockney bruiser type character. Oh, so. well, there you go. <laughs> nice. That would have been awesome. Now, uh, Megan, we've already heard a little bit about your character, so uh, we'll let you continue there and, and tell us more about who uh, you're bringing on board. Okay. Well, I'm playing Iris Bell Fielding, um, and she is a historian, which um, the historians are interesting. So correct me, of course, if I'm wrong on any of this, Cheyenne, but I'm trying to remember yeah, all, no the things, all the things. All the things. But the historians um, basically are... Uh, co uh, cog work android for lack of a better term and um, they are were human at one point but then the human's intelligence and brain however you want to put it got somehow put into this uh, cog work android and that is the historian and then um, in this world no living thing can live past 300 except for some of these uh, historians if they work for what is it called for the 
the Ministry of Record. Ministry of Record. Um, collecting knowledge so you can live longer and go out and collect this knowledge and everything. And so that is this particular historian, in my mind, at least, is one of those. I guess I don't know if I ever actually specified that. But, um, yeah, and she's <laughs> she's got some some fancy hindrances, including cocky, which is... Just, I really like this one. It's specific. <laughs> but basically, at the, her first round of battle, she has to spend it telling the enemies why she will defeat them and giving them a chance <laughs> just to not engage. <laughs> so great. Yeah. She, yeah. That was a fun one to, uh, that I wrote up. Yeah. Uh, yeah that was my yeah, favorite. Was, the pregame that we did, that was my absolute yeah. favorite part of it. Like the the image of watching Iris just like berate these people that were about to try to mess with us that. And then the moment later, Zeth of just like, whoop, here we go. And carrying her away. Uh Like, oh, I will forever remember, remember that it was so much fun. So in clarification, uh, when I first wrote, um, I first wrote my, my first draft of Axion, the only race that you could play was human right i didn't have any aliens in it at all except for the historians the historians were always a thing that exists that would the they were people formerly people that had allowed their consciousness to be transferred to these clockwork frames frameworks in order to extend their lifespan and preserve their knowledge and skills for future generations and the the trade-off in that is that uh, in so doing, you get to live longer. You get to see more of the universe, but in uh, you, it comes at the cost of that. You are now, um, you're not you're not allowed to hold on to your title or your lands and your and your wealth and all that sort of stuff. You're, uh, because that that would lead to these unending monarchies, uh, and um, and so basically, these laws were passed that you. Know, you um, the longest you're allowed to keep yourself alive through, you know, the various technologies and magics that are available in the Axion universe is about 300 years. And past that, uh, you're, you're delving into what necromancy, and that's illegal. Um, but the historians, um, which are more seen as sort of a monastic order, where you join up, um, uh, are given some sort of... Um, allowance or leeway in that and that, that they are allowed to continue on essentially forever as long as they're kept working and wound and stuff like that and preserve that skills and knowledge for future generations and then there's also like uh, the suspicious nature of over a thousand years the ministry has acquired quite a store of knowledge and what exactly mm. is the ministry up to is another issue maybe not for this particular storyline but it's it's part of the greater arcs mm. of axion it's one of the grand questions about axion i believe mm-hmm. what are they doing with that what are they actually doing interesting yeah now, uh... oh sorry go ahead Oh no no! Uh, I I think that's the the majority of her. She, oh well, I guess I should say she's also a cogsmith, um, which is is uh, you you compared it, Cheyenne, kind of closest to mad scientist in Deadlands. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, she's got some little cogwork 
um, machines that she is able to do various different things with whenever she needs to. Um, so she 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 also does does that. Um, and I don't know. She's I, I don't want to give too much away before you you know you get to see it. But she's um she's not the easiest person to get along with. <laughs> I think she's fantastic. Likewise. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Zeth feels true. like yeah. he's been getting true. along with her great. <laughs> he has no clue. <laughs> I created a whole bunch of brand new arcane backgrounds for um for Axion that are very uh, immediately very recognizable, I think, but also and pay homage to other stuff that we've done in Savage Worlds, but also are heavily themed to this strange steampunk universe. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Now, uh, last but not least, Kai, who are you uh, bringing to the table with this game? Uh, well, I'm bringing a Zexel. It's an insectoid sort of creature that uh, they live on a colony-like planet. Uh, I don't actually know what its name is anymore. But a colony-like <laughs> planet out there in the stars where uh, this insectoid race is sort of um, rebuilding their colony over and over again. And if you go out into space to explore the universe, you must come back with a story grand enough to bring about your kin to be able to do the same, or they'll stay on that planet and exist in this, uh, in rebuilding it, structuring it. So I play one of the Zexels, uh, Karen Zulan Mavir Azel. They're a long line of uh, these Zexel that have been able to survive out in the void, out in space, and uh, come back with grand stories. And this one has grown very old. Uh, they're on their, the end of their life and should have gone back a while ago to tell their story and return to the colony to see if they're good enough. However, they turned that away for a... Um, a mysterious reason, I'll say for now. <laughs> <laughs> to survive out in space, to make a grander story, to explore it with um, their friends and family aboard the ship that we now reside upon. Um, Karen is a spiritualist, somebody that brings back the words of the dead to sort of speak with what the past has uh, forgotten. As well, they're th sort of like the telephone of this whole world. Mm -hmm. uh, since there's no capability to send messages about, um, they're talking with the dead and sending divinations out across the world. So every ship needs a spiritualist. If you don't have one, you're way out of luck. Um, mm -hmm. But he is an old patron of this group. Uh, I took up the patron. Uh, I believe it's a negative, but I'm pretty sure it's a positive um, hindrance that um, makes it so that they're always looking out for the group, trying their best to do such, and is kind of uh, sort of sheltering them from outsiders. Hmm. I wonder if that oh. comes into play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's Exile. Um, yeah, so the, the Zexiel are a very tragic sort of race, and, or, or viewed that way. But, you know, I wanted to come up with, like, this sort of a, a um, um, they're these sort of short and wide beetle-like people. 
um, uh, they're and they're heavily armored, but kind of sl- uh, slow moving because of that. They uh, they're they're only allowed to pass on their name and um, the ability to, to travel off world um, to those that prove that they are providing you know great deeds for the the Zexel race as a, as a group. And if not, then your drones, your 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 offspring are raised nameless and um and they're, they're kind of just have to stay there on on the planet and um contribute to um the building of the the sh- the, the peoples there as first they're the only alien race play- playable by the by the characters that don't actually build their own ships they they serve on other people's ships um for the most part they're they're sort of like the newcomers to space travel um gotcha. And uh, as far as spiritualism and and whatnot, the like I said, this is based a lot off of um, Victorian um, interests, and the Victorians were really big into seances and spiritualism, right there. And I wanted to uh, incorporate that as a basically a a technology that is used in Axion and the way that ships communicate. Um, vast distances and intergalactic communications um, in near instantaneous time is through the use of seance and uh, spirits, uh, it's the, which can seem to transcend uh, the, the the travel distance. Other otherwise, there'd be no way to communicate with other planets. Essentially, you know, uh, because there's no such thing as you know subspace radio. There's not even <laughs> a thing as such a thing as radio in the axion because that that technology just doesn't exist yet gotcha now in the adventure that our our players find ourselves in and i want to mention uh this is not the complete cast in addition to those who are on the show here uh we also have candace the magnificent who uh was on deadlands the hellgate trilogy with myself and uh we also have uh uh taylor I'm not sure what uh, what name Taylor goes by on uh, Power Studios, but it's Taylor, I think. <laughs> uh, but they will be joining the cast as well. Uh, they just couldn't make it on the show with us uh, this evening. Yeah. I'm both very busy. Taylor's on like 15 shows, and so is Candace too. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Now, uh, as I was saying before, throwing that uh, aside in there. The circumstances that our players find themselves in, uh, Cheyenne, will you give us a, a quick rundown of where we will meet these characters uh, in the uh, the very first session that we see them? Okay. For the folks at home, we've we're pre-recording these episodes, and we started uh, about actually almost a month ago uh, with a with a a pre a zero an episode zero that won't be aired, and then a couple of we've done a couple of stories that uh, were recorded and uh, will be part of the actual show that gets released. This is just going to be a four episode run. It's a little, a little uh, appetizer for Axion just a little, uh, just to get your mouth watering for it. Uh, it's, it picks up with a, uh, these people either who are crew members on board the ship called the light of day or are soon to be uh, passengers on that same ship all drawn together um, in pursuit of various goals, but all focused on the captain of that ship, uh, uh, another Zexiel, uh, captain of this very unassuming cargo ship. 
that and uh that's where we're going to open up we're open on the airship docks with everybody kind of coming to the docks and get on board in the ship and about to take off gotcha and now all with their own agendas <laughs> and now i want to go around and this question might be a little philosophical maybe even a little uh esoteric but i want to ask it anyway uh, for each of you, since we're dealing with the world of steampunk, which can often be hard to define or hard to nail down, uh, I once heard a steampunk author named Sherry Priest uh, compare it to something else that I won't mention on the show uh, that, that young listeners may be listening to, uh, in that it's hard to define, but you know it when you see it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, for each of you, what is steampunk to you or what is the like the the show the series the book the game what is it that has defined steampunk in your imagination oh. <laughs> i'm gonna let someone else start <laughs> i already have this answer but for me no oh. one <laughs> anyone i'll give you a well, I was being polite because I'm a motor mouth, so I want to let y'all go first. <laughs> uh, I don't know that I that uh, that's a that's a good question. Um, I, I I feel like I probably get um, like anything Victorian, uh, that kind of time period. Then of course anything that is I, I I take things very literally in my brain sometimes. So I'm like, okay, anything that's steam powered. And if it looks like it's Victorian, but maybe a little, uh, a little extra Victorian, um, oh. <laughs> in a way. But I, I will say, I feel like there are some, like Sherlock Holmes, the one with the the movie. Um, I'm trying to think of some others. Uh, Rippers definitely makes me think of it. And then Arcane, the TV show, recently is kind of, almost kind of like a, yeah, a, a, a steampunk. Definitely. That one seems to really encompass it for me. Again, that's very much like a, here's a bunch of things that are steampunk. Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't remember this book, but I remember reading as a kid. Uh, I don't know what the, what the name is, at least. But I, it was about people aboard these whales that floated through the sky by some steam technology huh. that as they were flying about in the sky with these whales, they'd always have to, like, go... Uh, make it so the whale could survive above just floating in the sky. So there would be people that would be taking the grease off, or I think it's called the ambergris off the side of yeah. them. They'd be floating around. Some would be steam, uh, steam engineers inside of these whales. And there'd be like fights in the sky between whale creatures and the mechanical apparatus attached to them. And I always think about that when it comes to steampunk or sort of like this dishonored, um, mm -hmm. you're stuck in this grimy area there's steam technology about, and there's a little bit, I always feel like there's a little bit of magic out there. This sort of ominous curse out there. That could be just me, but yeah. Sort of like humanity or nature is being consumed by the machines that people are building. Cool. Uh, so my answer of course is ridiculous because so when I was doing my, I finally went back to school after years and years to get a degree and I was getting a degree with humanities and 
I took one of my favorite classes, which was film fiction and literature. And it was an amazing class with a really cool teacher. For my final project, I did a, uh, uh, what was it? A uh, PowerPoint presentation, basically. And what I did was I took um, four genres to imagine as if I was the art director or production manager or something like that for a, a movie or some such. And the, the four themes were basically um, steampunk, uh, uh, cyberpunk, cyber goth, and, um, and I, I'm struggling to remember what the third one was. It was like Victorian. It was basically like true goth, like Victorian goth. So mm-hmm. it, was, uh, it was a really interesting um, experience because what happened was right around then, this would have been somewhere around 2010-ish, I happened to cross this genre of steampunk and it just blew my mind. I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. What is, what are all these gears and, you know, uh, you know, valves and pressure and like all this stuff. And if you can't tell already, I'm just a super geek and I can't help myself sometimes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I got, I, I, I was in, I loved cyberpunk cause like, when that first came out, when that game actually first came out, I we played it and loved it. And then, and of course, that was like what the nineties, ladies, nineties or something. And so then I yeah. saw steampunk, and that just like wow. So for me, steampunk has a very specific um, connotation, and to me, it's like it's almost like a. Um, you capture a moment in time and I think it's heavily Victorian influenced as say the 1800s were, but when the steam engine came out, it's like that changed humanity. And so I feel like it, it just, it's like you capture that moment in time in a sense, but then like spread it out over, you know, a century instead of the continuing evolution that we've experienced in our lives where we went into electronics and transistors and all this kind of stuff, they just stuck with, you know, pressure valves and and clockwork and this kind of tech, which I just absolutely love that sort of idea or concept. So to me, it's all, it's really about the, the tech of the environment. And um, I love where Cheyenne has taken Axion and and brought into the this mystical and spiritual sub context and like a um flavor because I've seen that sort of you know in other whatever books or ideas about steampunk where well you know maybe there's aliens or maybe there's you know uh crazy technology or magic or what have you but the way that you've done it Cheyenne with this with Axion is it's really sweet and it's probably because to me it seems so grounded to me um so <laughs> I love that about how you brought the the spirituality and and the the magic of Axion to the game it's it's pretty cool Thank you. Um, so, yes, steampunk. Uh, I would just I would define it. I would define it. Uh, I'll say that is the uh, the reimagining of uh, any era of technology through the eyes of how would a Victorian build it. 
oh, cool. using with with the understanding of the technology that they have at hand. Right. And you, so you take any sort of concept of, of science fiction or modern, even what we would consider modern day technology and like uh, redesign it uh, from brass and gearworks and steam power. And, you know, but also with the fanciful, uh, I like it with an approach to the fanciful as well. You know, these sort of Rube Goldbergian over engineered devices to do things that, you know, a, a simple micro transistor would be able to um the origin of the funny thing is the origin of the word steampunk actually comes from a neil stevenson's actually a review of a neil stevenson book neil stevenson was the creator of um uh, neuromancer and i believe snow crash and uh was was widely regarded as one of the as the father of cyberpunk fiction in yes. the uh, in the late seventies and early eighties, and then are, he are you talking wrote, about William Gibson by chance? Or, oh yeah, maybe well, William Gibson and Neil Stevenson both. Okay, gotcha. Um, they were they were both part of this the cyberpunk movement, right? Yep. And then, uh, and now I'm doubting myself here on which one wrote this next book. Well, uh, they wrote a book called The Difference Engine, hmm. which was um, threw everyone for a loop because it, unlike all the other ones, which were dystopian. Uh, nightmare versions of coming future set in a uh, corporation ruled uh, hellscape uh, where everyone had, you know, cybernetics implanted in their heads. The difference engine was basically taking that rough setting, but making it Victorian era about the invention of the first computer that was, you know, so gigantic that it was going to take up several city blocks and be buried somewhere under London. Um, And, but it was, for them, they were still writing this, they're telling the same sort of story, but now transposing it to, you know, 200, uh, 100 years in the past. And some book reviewers like were like, well, what do we call this? It's not cyberpunk anymore. You know, it's not about this like punk rock version of the cybernetic future. It's like. And then so they went, it's and someone came up with had the bright idea to come up with it and called it steam. You know, it's not a steam. It's not a cyber era story. It's a steam era story, and that name just kind of stuck, even though there was very little punk to it. Right. But it got that that sort of moniker kind of stuck, and then people have been running with it ever since. But uh, I would say, is, does it look like it's something from a Jules Verne novel? That's all. That's it's that's that's steampunk for me. It's it's a retro futuristic science fiction. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I will bring down the intelligence quotient quite a bit by saying that <laughs> I I was introduced to uh, the idea and the aesthetic of steampunk through League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Sure, I wish I could yes. say the comic, but it was the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And. I again, people have razzed me for this nonstop. I still love that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Van Helsing was a pretty good riff on it, too. And actually, one of the Frankenstein, was it Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? Actually, to me, had slight elements of the steampunk in it, I thought. Yeah, Yeah. but League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, for sure. There's plenty of stuff out there that I would call steampunk that uh, a lot of people wouldn't necessarily recognize, you know, (laughs) as that. Uh, Terry Gilliam's Brazil has the technology (laughs) in that is very... Definitely. um, steampunk to diesel punk sort of feels to it 
like I said, uh, um, the the Disney Jules Verne stuff, or the the the, the animation, the Atlantis uh, yep. cartoon uh, movie that they they made, very steampunk. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of great stuff out there. And someone uh, told oh, me who, I should. Cheyenne, I showed um, our your trailer for our game to a bunch of family and friends, and one of yeah. them actually said the first thing they thought of was Treasure Planet. So yeah, I, yeah, I took that good. as high praise. I'm like, sweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, it's you know, and Axion is an attempt to pay homage to all of that sort of stuff. To, uh, um, I, the, I love the idea of a of a spaceship where the crew actually has to get out on the outside of the ship, you know, uh, on a regular basis to patch holes while the ship's flying through space. Oh, and, you know, all you have to wear is that face mask and some goggles because there's oxygen out there in space. It's just there's other there's other nasty gases, too. You don't want to breathe. So all you need to do is put a filter on and, go- and some good old fashioned cup goggles and <laughs> get out there and start hammering away on the outside of your spaceship. <laughs> I'm feeling <laughs> foreshadowing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. Do I, that, is that what Zeph uh-huh. has to look forward to? Yikes. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, you know, I've been a big fan of steampunk for a long time because, you know, I've been making a steampunk comic book series for 22 years now. Uh, we launched Girl Genius back in 2000, and we've been putting that out ever since again. 24 i'm working on volume 24 of girl genius right now that's amazing so. actually the comic was a huge influence on me of why i do enjoy steampunk so much thank you very much yeah it's incredible <laughs> every monday wednesday and friday new pages go up <laughs> girlgeniusonline.com mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all free for you to read online for free for free <laughs> absolutely but yeah i mean Speaking to what Cheyenne just said there, uh, there's a certain expectation in my mind that when you have uh, spaceships that are more ship-like, a little bit more like what a sailing ship would be uh, in in aesthetic or in design, uh, which if a Victorian were to build a spaceship, it probably would have a lot of those characteristics. Mm -hmm. Uh, But with that aesthetic, there, there should be some times where uh, you're you're having a space battle hanging off of the side of that ship. So, oh yeah, yeah. I I am looking forward to uh, to that visual playing out. Oh yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll get to that in in, in this in these. So you know, uh, mm. uh, we'll see if if that comes along. I'm I'm not going to promise anything, but maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, the the ships my my ship designs. Uh, I put up a poster for Axion like. Uh, long, long before I started writing anything else, I, I wrote, uh, I did, I did this sh- all the, the ships of the known universe of the Axion Star Empire was this poster design I came up with, um, and it shows all these different this cross view of all these different ships, all these makes and models and sizes of different, you know, what different uh, world systems they're from, and they're they're all sort of inspired by. Uh, sailing ships and submarines. For them. You know, a, a submarine. I lean really heavily into the, the submarine sort of feel to a lot of these things because that's kind of what they would be based off of, right? These and much, you know, like the Nautilus from Jules Verne. They, they you need to protect yourself from the ether, 
yeah. which is the strange gases that are out there, which do all sorts of, and the different colors of ether do all sorts of different things to human anatomy when they get become exposed to it. And so the, the, it is better to be completely um, encased in, in a shell of, of a ship, but they, um, they don't require like a massive dedication of the ship to, you know, gas bags to float because they have this, this, gravity repelling alloy that they're using to lift it up, you know, drawing a little bit from space 1899, uh, which is another, uh, classic role-playing game system of the, with the they had lift wood in that, but also that this is all sort of metal sort of structures, but they all look vaguely like sailing ships or in, or in some cases, airships. I like that. That mm. that big blimpy shape, but all that space can actually be used for interior space, you know, with rooms and and arboretums and stuff like that that you, you know, on this airship and in uh, whereas on an airship that would all have to just be you know gas balloons. And so, what are each of you looking forward to most about uh, these episodes? And I know you guys are already uh, working on them. Uh, but what are you looking forward to uh, exploring with your characters? And then what are you looking forward to people seeing from uh, this particular series? Um, well, I think uh, <clears throat> for me, some of my favorite my favorite parts of playing RPGs in general is the interplay um, as the characters. And uh, this group <laughs> does a lot of it. and It's a lot of fun. Um, because you've got a lot of uh, very distinctive characters who all have a response to everything somebody else does, and it's it it, it works well. I feel like, and so I think that's going to be a lot of fun, and I enjoy that in general. And I enjoy continuing to see kind of where um, where these characters to develop, because some of this is the way you. Uh, designed it Cheyenne but some of it is also the players and just oh, yeah. creating characters who are um, who all have something else that's going on I think that everyone the, the, the group and as a whole does not know about that we're still discovering since we have only played half of it so far so um, I'm interested to discover more of that and also to, to get the opportunity to kind of um, show the three dimensions of my character, you know, you kind of start off being like, here's my big one main thing. And then hopefully you get the opportunity to be like, oh, well, here's actually where I am, you know, a, a human or a, a complete um, person. Um, so I'm looking forward to that and just seeing what is going on. Because <laughs> it's an interesting story. Absolutely. The care I'm... <laughs> I'm again, I'm just awed by everyone on the cast. So here I'm just like beside myself every time we come to the table, like, wow, I really need to step up. And, you know, I'm stoked <laughs> because I think it was fun that we all did um, cosplay for the show, which is cool. Cause like, oh my goodness, the ladies look incredible every time. And, you know, I think Kai and I did all right. We, you know, we sort of captured the, <laughs> you know, personality, I think of our characters pretty well. So uh, I'm excited for the, the, again the production of it because like oh my god the art is incredible Cheyenne uh, as always so I I can't wait for people to see those elements of it and Megan you're so right like it's been so, 
I know Kai does the same thing because he and I have talked about this. Like, I find myself just like enraptured, but what by what you and the others are doing? It was like, oh my god, <laughs> Iris is incredible. What's her deal? Why is she doing that? You know, like I'm just like so engaged in what everyone else is all about, and I want more every time. I'm like, oh my god, give me more, give me more. So. Um, <laughs> And, that's how it and should be. The, right? That's it. <laughs> how it should be, you know, that feeling, yeah. Yeah, totally. So then the fun thing that kind of um, mirrors off that for me is, like, I get that same feeling about, like, I want to know who Zeth is because, you know, you have this concept. Uh, I'm sure, you know, you all can sort of relate as role players. It's like you have this concept of what the character is going to be like and, and actors as well are going to experience the same thing. You you get an idea in your mind and you sort of set little um, like uh, landmarks for yourself or, you know, guidelines or a, a basic sort of s- structure like a skeleton. But the reality and the truth of who that character is doesn't come out until those moments in the game where something happens you know whether it's you know tension between players where it's the whether it's the gm throwing a curveball to the to the players you know whatever it is it's like it's in those moments just like in life of course which is why we probably all love role-playing games it's like it's in those moments that we sort of plumb the depths of who these characters are so i'm really looking forward to to getting more of that from all of us because what's so funny is like i i feel like there are so many things to discover about each of the characters that i'm like they're all an enigma right now to me you know, sometimes you get characters that are sort of straight up. You kind of get a sense of like, okay, that's what this person is. That's what they're about. They've got strong convictions. They've got strong, you know, sensibilities or something. But like the characters on Axion are all like every they, not in a negative way. I want to say they're all kind of shady, but that's not the right connotation they're all kind of like it (laughs) almost seems like everyone's hiding something but why are they hiding it maybe it's for a good reason you know and i love that i love that about the group except i don't know i don't feel like zeth is that way which is fun (laughs) like (laughs) i i got one of these days i'm gonna get in a ttrbg and not play a good boy because i can't i can't seem to help myself i kind of fall into that without even realizing it i don't know what the heck go look at that i don't know (laughs) uh yeah i i understand that entirely of um everything is starting to come into place and the earliest point uh when i came off the first episode the pre-episode i was saying i need to be better at this uh (laughs) i need to be (laughs) super good at this next time i'm coming with fire and i feel like that every time i come in i'm like i'm leaving just being like did I come to a pep talk? What what just happened here? <laughs> uh, it's it's explosive. It it feels explosive. Like um like you reignite it every week that you come back to the group, and uh, exit stage right. Uh, and I'm sitting on my chair for like three hours, just being like, okay, uh, I need to write notes about this. I need to uh, think about everything that's been said in the past. But uh, first of all, uh. Third of all, (laughs) 
this uh, this short episode amount, I feel, is um, very powerful in the way that things need to be paced faster. Yeah. Uh, I kind of, I get myself caught up in moments where I'm like, oh, I I need to act right now. I need to like say this right now. I feel like um, it it makes characters bloom on stage much quicker because you're not hiding things as much. Yeah. You, you want you to don't, say we it. don't have the time frame to. To, to slowly drip out the story, right? So while characters in Axion are mysterious, they present a lot of their mysteries. And within the amount of episodes we have, not all of them are going to be released. And I like that because like when a villain shows their hand at the end of the series, you feel like you sort of just understand the series a bit too much. And you're like, <laughs> I understand the villain a little too much now. I don't know if they were too cool. But at the end of this, I don't know if you'll know everything about these characters, and they still have their mystique. All the more reason to do more in the future. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, mystery uh, yeah, is a uh, great. Uh, excuse me, mystery is a great um, adjective to describe that. That was what I meant when I was saying like shady. I didn't mean it in a negative way. Mysterious is a way better descriptor because that's how it feels. It's like there's something going on with each of these individuals and boy, do I want to know more. And one of the things I just realized as you were speaking, Kai, too, that I guess I'm sort of excited for people to see is like um, last the, our second session, uh, our our storyteller GM threw us a curveball and it affected us like I, I my character for sure. But I feel like I saw it in others as well. We were not expecting it. And uh, so I'm curious to see what the repercussions are going to be in the next session, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't I don't have the time to like slow walk this. And and so, you know, I had to like I had to pull the trigger on things that I really wanted that needed to happen and um, needed to happen. This early in the story, you know, uh, I would love to have had more time to breathe with that, but we only got four episodes. So I got to, you know, as they say, kill your babies. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so when you come to see it. You're going to be seeing bam, bam, bam. No slow parts. <laughs> oh, except, you know, I will say in classic Star Trek fashion, the first episode does a large portion of it does take place in everyone sitting around a table having a political conversation. Because it's start because that's that's part of Star Trek, right? Is, you know. Absolutely. Cool. So, guys, that is unfortunately we're running up against our time tonight. I, I wish we had a little bit more to to keep discussing this. Um, but you know, as we're wrapping up here, I want to give everyone the chance to plug what they have coming up. Uh, you know, obviously we want to know when we'll be able to see this first episode of Axion. Uh, but a lot of you guys have other projects going on. Uh, Megan, I know you you have a ton of stuff going on at all times. <laughs> Cheyenne, you as well. Uh, so yeah, I, I just want to hear what everyone's got coming up and, uh, you know, what everyone's got to promote as we, uh, close our time here. Yeah, well, I'll, uh, again, um, I'm not sure about the, when the first episode of Axion is airing, but by the time it does, we should have, you know, at least the first, the, the three episodes or maybe even all four episodes recorded and then the, we'll be airing them here on this chant on the uh the valor studios channel and 
the cast will be, or at least the cast that can make it on those nights, will be hanging out live in the chat and answering questions and kind of rewatching how it all comes together. It gets cut together live with everybody else. So you'll be watching. Yes, you'll be watching a uh, a pre-recorded show, but the cast will be there and be able to actually focus on the chat. Out at least the people who can come those nights, which um, I think sounds fun, and I am looking forward to giving that a try. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm not that into rewatching myself, uh, mm. stumble through uh, uh, keeping those plates spinning all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, so let's check in the chat here. Ax- the first episode of Accent will be on June 5th. Yes. Yeah. So pretty soon. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, as for uh, things I got going on, like I said, uh, other than Axion, which is the only thing I'm really focusing on other than outside of my day job, which is coloring girl genius, uh, which I do the, um, I do all the, I take Phil, which is written by Phil and Kaya Folio, drawn by Phil Folio of Magic, you know, Magic the Gathering fame. Um, and then he gives me his pencils and I turn it into the full color, um, menagerie that you see, uh, new pages go up every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, at girlgeniusonline.com. You can read the entire backlog for free. So you can read the entire steampunk e- epic that was, has been running s- for 22 years now. Um, and it's just always that much more exciting. Um, the, the, currently the, the heroes are escaping a, an, uh, an island that is, uh, erupting in purple lava and giant, uh, horrible storm clouds while huge goddess queens duke it out against each other. Um, and our heroes are just trying to slip away unnoticed in an airship. And, you know, that's the sort of weekly excitement that we provide you at absolutely no charge save for the electrons that flow through your intertubes absolutely and uh kai what do you have coming up or where do you want to direct people as we close things out well you can always find me on twitter at real cairo shades right there um but on fridays you can find me playing captain lefe ariane uh space pirate and badass um He's a samurai uh, elf, and I feel like I'm sort of being typecast at this point, uh, <laughs> as a uh, a member of a space uh, spaceship going about uh, space on chaotic adventures. <laughs> uh, you can find that at Roll for Chaos. And uh, Megan, what what do you have coming up that people should be aware of? Ooh, uh, it kind of all happened at once. You know, it's one of those things you, you schedule stuff and then it comes to time and you're like, oh, I, I have it every day of the week. Oops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so right now I've got tomorrow um, the very last episode of The Savage Worlds Learn to Play with Saving Throw. Um, that is it's specifically Deadlands, and so we've got our very last episode for that tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific, twitch.tv slash saving throw show. Um, and then just started last Friday, I'm doing a it's a Dungeons and Dragons, specifically lasers and liches. So it's sort of like synth fantasy. Um, and we are uh, ladies of lake, we are oh, yeah, <laughs> we are uh, uh, an 80s, uh, like 
pop rock girl band um, who have found themselves all of a sudden portaled back to uh, Arthurian fantasy. Um, and it is madness already. It is a blast. Highly recommend that's Ladies of D and D on Fridays, also six p.m. Pacific. Um, yeah, I think those are the main things right now. And then, of course, you can check out Gone Rogue Entertainment, which is my production company at Gone Rogue ENT on the social medias. Um, and we just finished the second season of Harbingers, which Cheyenne, like you were talking about, pre-recording something and then watching it back. I also yeah. don't usually watch my stuff back, but I did for that, and it is really interesting doing it that way. And it is is nice to not do it live so you can kind of like talk to people and stuff so yeah um, i actually enjoyed that uh, but yeah okay. you can watch that on youtube.com slash uh gone rogue entertainment uh harbingers is savage worlds the second season was cyberpunk the first was uh witches set in the 1700s but uh spoiler alert if you haven't seen it nobody knew what the setting was it is a savage world setting we have announced it it is deadlands hell on earth which is what season three will be so you can check all those out you can follow me at megan caves m-e-g-h-a-n-c-a-v-e-s to keep up with whatever i'm doing week to week because sometimes i don't know i feel like my social media knows better than i do <laughs> After that description, I I did not know that I needed to see the Bengals fight a beholder, but now I do. So it is amazing. It is amazing. Highly recommend. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Gregory, what do you have coming up? Yeah, for those listening, uh, Cheyenne was just doing walk like an Egyptian. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, oh, I think sorry, it's a yeah. different Bengals though. But that works too. I don't know. <laughs> um, so the um. Oh, gosh, I, I'm producing your show, of course, Ryan, every week. So come check us out because Ryan does amazing interviews with incredible talent from all of the TTRPG community. Um, I will obviously be in Ixion, so check that out starting June 5th uh, here on Valor Studios. And... I do, let's see, I run, I do my own stuff on 1 and 20 DND. So check out my YouTube, check out my Twitch. I have all kinds of stupid, goofy, weird, fun stuff. And, uh, you know, I think my videos are okay. Uh, I did a fun thing where I did a whole, like, daily vlog. And there's all kinds of interesting topics in there that might suit your fancy. Uh, aside from that, I'm just thrilled to be here, and I do have one message from behind the scene, and that is that there is a request to play the trailer one more time as we exit out here, Ryan. Oh, all right. Yeah, once we sign off, we will play the trailer for Axion one more time, and for anyone who uh, wants to see it again or wants to spread this uh, this trailer around to your friends, uh, you can find it on the Valor Studios YouTube page. And once again, for people who are listening to this on audio, you will have a link to the trailer in the description of this episode. I, I uh, will so say, oh, I'm sorry, I will say you know, about that trailer, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I built that all with my own little uh, nubs, uh, including the, 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 the light of day, the, the, uh, the ship, oh. the ether ship that you see in it. I, I modeled that entirely by hand in Blender. Um, Whoa! It's uh, so good. Yeah, and it was uh, just as another dedication to my madness. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Like I said, uh, we'll need to bring some of you guys back again for your own episodes here. Uh, and I wish we had more time because this was a lot of fun. Uh, to let you guys know what's coming up next week, 
Uh, we will have Haley and Weston from Party of Two live ah, here. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Party of Two is a two-person Twitch stream uh, tabletop role-playing game. So I, I am excited to talk with them about what it's like to do just a one GM and one player live on stream. Uh, Cause that sounds mm. like it could be absolutely nerve wracking uh, from, from all sides. So we'll have Haley and Weston on next week. Uh, I want to thank you guys again for coming out and supporting us here on rolling bones. If you want to see what I'm up to on Twitter, it's at Howard underscore Ryan Gregg. And if you want to see the miniatures that I'm painting on Instagram, that is also Ooh. at Howard underscore Ryan Gregg. Uh, so guys, thank you so much for coming out tonight. And remember uh, whether you rolled a 1 or a 20, whether you uh, snake eyes or your dice explode, I am so glad that you rolled your bones with me, Ryan Howard, and stay tuned here for an encore presentation of our Axion trailer. I'll see you guys next time.